0: Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast with Essan Komen, Head of Commodities, ESG and Emerging Markets Research EMEA. It's Friday 8th December 2023 and in this week's podcast with Essan we continue our ESG series discussing COP28 progress so far. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. So, Esan, the annual UN Climate Summit, COP28, currently taking place in Dubai, has yielded some positive surprises so far. Can you offer our listeners the key takeaways?
1: Thanks, Nasnina. So, yes, COP28 has begun on a positive note with the rapid adoption of the summit agenda. Now, this might sound trivial, but such wrangling typically takes up a considerable amount of negotiation time at climate talks like the intersessional media gathering in Bonn, where countries couldn't agree on the agenda until the penultimate day. And so, this expediency as well as progress on a new loss and damage fund has set a positive tone at the outset of the negotiations. But of course, we are still some way in yielding a potential outcome that is comprehensive enough in tackling climate change at the final communication on the 12th of December. Perhaps front of mind as has been announcements surrounding finance. And so the COP28 presidency has announced that more than $57 billion in climate finance commitments have been made so far this COP. And let me walk through the major developments. So first, several private and blended climate related funds and vehicles have been announced at COP28. So at the Business and Philanthropy Forum, $5 billion in public and private financing was announced in three separate funds by the Green Climate Fund, the Allied Climate Partners and Alliance Global Investors. In addition, the Copenhagen Infrastructure Partners are raising $3 billion for a new fund to invest in Greenfield Renewable Projects in Emerging Markets. And these announcements are in addition to the $30 billion Altera Fund and the $750 million investment announced as part of the Innovate for Climate Tech platform. And on the whole, blended finance structures such as these have the potential to increase the pool of risk mitigation capital for climate projects indeed mufg's very own blended finance efforts through project gaia which is a 1.5 billion dollars climate and blended finance platform aims to address risks associated with climate change through mitigation and adaptation investments and is committed to overcoming barriers that hinder private investment in climate projects in emerging markets now beyond blended finance several development finance institutions and funds have made additional climate finance pledges and agreements. For example, the World Bank committed to spending at least 45% of its financing on climate projects with $9 billion more funding than its previous commitments. In addition, the UAE committed $200 million to the IMF's Resiliency and Sustainability Trust, which will aim to help low-income and vulnerable middle-income countries fund resilience, mitigation, and transition initiatives also a group of 10 multilateral development banks released a joint statement outlining next steps to increase the scale of climate finance and if fulfilled these announcements could provide low and middle income countries improved access to lower capital costs to support their transitions separately nazina what was pertinent was the uae declaration on a global climate finance framework that has been announced, which seeks to make climate finance available, accessible and affordable, which is backed by developed and developing countries. And this framework, in effect, sets out a common set of aspirations around climate finance and includes recognition of the importance of high integrity carbon markets. And finally, this COP28 has seen the realisation of some past commitments on climate finance, perhaps most critically, an agreement that has been reached on operationalization of the loss and damage fund, which will direct funding towards countries most vulnerable to the effects of extreme weather events through droughts, flooding, and rising seas. And here, 18 countries have now committed to the fund's pledge.
0: Thanks, Hassan. So a large degree of climate finance announcements coming out of the first days at COP28 with a clear demonstration that stakeholders are aiming to bridge the financing gap that has been a sticking point for many years. With a few days left of the summit, what can we expect in terms of other key outcomes that could shape its success?
1: So Nazina, one of the core challenges is whether there is science or a scenario indicating that the fossil fuel phase-out is needed to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. As a commonality amongst climate hawks and doves, is that getting to an absolute net zero threshold by mid century requires some sort of phase out of unabated fossil fuel use in the energy sector. At the same time, low carbon technologies will need to significantly ramp up by 2050. Indeed, annual electric vehicle deployment needs to increase more than fivefold, solar installations more than triple, and nuclear jumps of more than 50x. Are required according to major international energy and climate bodies. Yet fossil fuel production is on the rise, with output growing nearly 5% year on year in 2022. Now, initiatives like the new oil and gas decarbonization charter announced on the 2nd of December are a step in the right direction, and 50 companies that have signed up so far include ExxonMobil. Shell and many others, which in total account for over 40% of global oil production, but oil and gas companies emissions from scope one that's direct and scope two that's indirect activities are just 15 to 20% of the overall emissions intensity, according to the IEA analysis, which is a small level compared with the greenhouse gas releases from their supply chains and oil and gas combustions. Now, all in Nesnina, we are of the view that a successful energy transition must be built on progress for the economy and climate in unison. Indeed, it must be based on engineering and economic evidence, acknowledging the multiple complexities and challenging trade-offs, as well as accelerating the deployment of practical solutions. And for that, we need an inclusive approach, addressing the energy transition and safeguarding energy security needs by leveraging the experiences of all sectors of society, but ultimately navigating the economics and the politics of the day at COP28 does require level-headedness and compromise, but we are hopeful that a comprehensible and harmonized strategy that is practical, pro-growth, and pro-climate can be achieved with the right spirit during the negotiations in the lead up to the final communique on the 12th of December.
0: Thanks for your insights, Esther, look forward to discussing again next time. Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe, and contact your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.